place for breaking news. Get the late breaking stories right away. And where news breaks. The latest updates are on all this. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Good information. Now on FM 1071. Well, here we go. It is a Wednesday. Bow, yeah. 506, 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Trey Ware page. At KTSA.com, good morning. Phones are always open at 210-599-5555. Well, look at that. Man deliberately crashes into police station. That's, uh, I'm going to talk about the chaos on the streets. We're going to get into that this morning with you, and I uh, hope you can uh, be a part of the show, 210-599-5555. But first, your phone and your TV and your radio and everything that you have that's connected electronically is going to light up today with an emergency alert, just letting you know. Okay, the federal government is going to send out an emergency alert at 120 hour time, 120 hour time. It will hit your phone. It will hit radio. It will hit television. It will hit Internet. It's going to hit everything all at the same time. If your phone is set to English, you will get the message in English. If your phone is set to Spanish and Espanol, you'll get it in Spanish. But it's going to be an emergency alert that's going to happen at 1.20 hour time today. Don't freak. Don't run for the bunker. Um, they, they tell us that this is just routine. Okay, we have an election coming up next year. We have chaos. We have all kinds of weird crap going on. And now they're going to send us from the office of El Presidente, Joe Biden, a message at 1.20 this afternoon. 1.20. It's going to say, among other things, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. That's what your phone is going to say. On television and radio, this is a nationwide test of the emergency alert system issued by the Federal Emergency Management Agency covering the United States from 1420 to 1450 hours ET. This is only a test. No action is required by the public at this time. It's going to take about a minute uh, this afternoon. Spread the word. <laughs> I don't want anybody jumping out of buildings like 1929 War of the Worlds, okay? The, the little green people are not here to take us over. That's not what's going on. So please don't jump out of buildings or go crazy, lose your mind over what they're going to do today. At least that's what they tell us. I don't know. I, You know, there's plenty of people out there that say they're prepping us for something. They're getting us ready for something. I uh, I have no idea. I, I wouldn't even begin to speculate on such a thing, uh, nor do I really care. You know, I, I, I take care of who I got to take care of in my circle of influence, in my family, my little tiny family. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's all I got to worry about. And uh, sometimes, sometimes, however, because the chaos on the streets, you got to worry about others. I thank God for the Second Amendment. John Courage, you can go to hell. <laughs> you ain't taking my gun, okay? And I'm not going to allow anybody that you're encouraging with money and groceries from HEB to take my gun either, all right? Let's just make that perfectly clear up front. Let's talk about the chaos in the streets of America today. We told you yesterday that Henry Cuellar, congressman from Texas, uh, was accosted with three by three black men wearing hoodies. Imagine that. At the dorm where he lives in Washington, D.C., stuck a gun in his face, took his car, took his sushi, and took off. Um, 
this he's very fortunate that he's alive because this kind of thing is happening on the streets of America and I don't care who you are I said that yesterday about Henry Cuellar I don't care if you're a Democrat Republican or if you're a monkey I don't care these people don't care the people who have been unleashed on our streets, whether they are bat stuff crazy, whether they are homeless, or whether they are just out-and-out criminals being released by DAs like Joe Gonzalez, whether it's any of the, the above, we have a massive problem with chaos ruling the streets of America, and it was done on purpose. The reason for it is so that Enough people will cry out like the mayor of Baltimore is doing overnight. I watched him overnight and saying, we've got to take all the guns away from everybody. We can't have guns in there. Get, get rid of your guns. Well, you can go to hell too, Mr. Mayor. That's not the answer. The answer is, I'm going to make this very simple. This is not difficult. For the DAs like Joe Gonzalez, and all of the others who were hired by George Soros to create chaos. That's why they were put into place. Create chaos so that the American public would be begging for the Gestapo to roll into town to squash the chaos. Folks, whether you're talking 1930s Germany, 1905 Soviet Union, or about the same time in China, the story has always been the same. In a Marxist revolution, which is what we're going through now, they create chaos in the streets, so the people beg for an overwhelming national police force to squash and squelch the violence. That's why they do it. And that is exactly what the Marxist revolutionaries are doing to America today by unleashing all the chaos, whether it's people who ought to be in jail because they're violent criminals, or whether it is people who are mentally ill and should be in a mental hospital. And we got rid of all those. Remember, if you're from San Antonio, you remember the 60s and the 70s and the talk about South Prussia. We all said, well, you know, South Press is where all the crazies are. That's what everybody always used to say, right? Right? We closed down the mental hospitals because, sure, there were instances of abuse that should never have happened. And so where are those people that have mental health issues? They're on the streets. So we as law-abiding citizens raising families and children, we, whether you believe it or not, or whether you have encountered somebody or not, you are already a victim. You know why? Because you can't live free, can you? You can't just tell your kiddo, your nine-year-old, to go ride his bicycle in the afternoon, can you? No. You can't have that happen now, can you? No, you can't. You have to constantly watch everybody around you. You have to constantly be on top of your children to make sure that they are safe in this world. And, folks, that's just not right. That's just not right. We have this very liberal activist that was stabbed uh, to death in, in Brooklyn. The video is, is all over the Internet. It's, it's extremely disturbing, very, 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 very disturbing video of him coming home from a wedding at 4 o'clock the other morning. And um, he was with his girlfriend, and some black dude in a hoodie 
comes up with a knife and slashes him across the throat and then stabs him in the chest repeatedly into the heart and kills him right there on the sidewalk in front of his girlfriend. Okay? This was in Brooklyn, New York. For no reason. There was no reason whatsoever. But as I read some of the comments on Twitter about this, or X about this, people were saying, well, why is he out at 4 a.m.? Why didn't he just run across the street to get away from the guy? Why was the guy out there with a knife in the first place? That's the question. As a free American, you should be able to walk anywhere at any time in peace and safety in this country. And you can't anymore. I have a very personal story to tell you after the break about this. The chaos ruling the streets. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, Trey Ware here for Texas Rhino Shoot. Yeah. It's a 520 now, Trey Ware, KTSA. 210-599-5555. And uh, there's a front headed our way, so our weather's going to be changing. It's not going to be one of these where the front comes through and then immediately it's going to be cold or anything like that. No, it's not one of those. The front's going to come through, humidity's going to go down, and then the temperatures will ease back a little bit until we get to this weekend, which forecasters tell us that the weekend is going to be perfecto. Yes, with low humidity and temperatures only in the 70s around here over the weekend. So looking forward to that. I don't know about you. I'm ready. I'm ready for some cooler temperatures and low humidity, and let's get outside and have some fun. Um, so we're talking about the chaos that's uh, ruling the streets of America today. and There's, there's no doubt that that's, that that's going on that uh, we're not safe on our own streets, our children are not safe on our own streets, um, that you have to constantly be, be vigilant um, and you have to be looking around and be aware of your surroundings at all times. There's a number of reasons for this to be the case. Number one, you've got DAs across the country like Joel Gonzalez in Bear County who were funded by George Soros, and George Soros has told them to release the bad guys to create chaos. Chaos in the streets always, always, always brings a response from the federales who tamp down the violence with a massive, overwhelming force. That's what Marxist revolutionaries do. And ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to believe it or not, America is under a assault from a Marxist revolution right now and the point man is Barack Obama. I'm just tell I'm just putting it out there so that you understand what's going on in our country. The chaos in the streets, I encountered it personally yesterday. As I was leaving the radio station yesterday, I noticed a man in the front lawn of the station who was swinging a metal pipe around. Then he began to hit the ground and he began to hit the trees with the metal pipe. I reversed and came back into the parking lot and was looking for the man with the metal pipe. Found the man with the metal pipe, and I'll just leave out some of the details. I'll tell you more about it later, but found the man with the metal pipe in the one of the parking lots here, swinging the metal pipe around. I instructed the man with the metal pipe to uh, leave the premises, which he refused to do. I instructed the man with the metal pipe to put the metal pipe down and come toward me. He did. He responded. He put the metal pipe down. 
He approached me. I told him to kneel and wait for police to get there. At that time, when I finally got him uh, disarmed and on the ground, my compadre, uh, David Van Camp from the midday show, came out of the building, and he and I stood there and uh, waited for police to arrive to deal with this individual who was swinging, violently swinging a metal pipe here at our property. Now, before you think he was here because of who we are and what we do, he had no idea who we were or what we did. He had no idea. Uh, he kept asking me, what, what, what is this business? And I said, that's none of your business, and I have nothing to say to you. You can talk to the cops. And the police finally arrived. They described him as a homeless individual. I do not know the man. I've never seen the man before in my life. I have no idea. All I know is here I encountered a man who was swinging a metal pipe in a very dangerous way. He did approach the front door, which is constantly 24-7 under surveillance and locked. There are a number of locked uh, porticos around here. And always inside and outside under surveillance every square inch of the way. That's part of my problem with chaos reigning in the streets, right? Is that in order for you to be safe, you have to constantly, free people have to constantly be under surveillance, right? Cameras and you got these shot things over in some neighborhoods that hear gunfire, import gunfire to police and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not Pollyannish. I didn't just wake up yesterday. I wasn't born yesterday, right? I was born 60 years ago in one day. So I've been around, and I've seen it all. And I understand that we are in a very different time. But, folks, this thing, as I have been saying now for a very long time, San Antonio is on the precipice of tipping over into all-out violence. I've been saying that for a long time. That San Antonio, like San Francisco, because of the leadership here, we're about to become San Frantonio. With the homeless, the mentally ill, and the out-and-out criminals that are ruling the streets of San Antonio. And they are ruling the streets of San Antonio. One look at any television newscast, at the beginning of any television newscast in San Antonio, will tell you that the criminals are running the streets. And it's been done, in my view, by design to bring chaos to the streets so that we will beg for a federal police force to come in and squelch that violence. Now, to change this, you don't go to the federal police force because when the, when the federal police force comes, they step all over your rights, the rights of law-abiding citizens, not the criminals. What we need is a strong, very strong leadership change at the very top of this city. That includes the mayor. That includes a recall position on the mayor right now. That includes a change with the city manager, Eric Walsh, who is in charge of keeping our, our streets safe and clean. I don't think our – do you think our streets are safe and clean? Let me just ask you that question. Do you think the streets of San Antonio are safe and clean? Do you? Call me up. Tell me. 210-599-5555. Are the streets of San Antonio safe and clean? 
I don't believe they are. That's Eric Walsh's job. He needs to be replaced as city manager with somebody who will clean the streets and make us safe. And then you have to change the DA. You need to recall a recall petition for the DA because this DA is a soft-on-crime DA like Los Angeles, like New York, like uh, San Francisco, like Chicago, like Seattle, and like Portland, and all these other places where they have gone soft on crime. They release the bad guys, and they blame the cops. That's what you have here. So you must, must replace Nirenberg. You must replace Eric Walsh, the city manager. You must replace the DA. And you can do that if you can motivate enough people, 10% of voters in the last election, with a petition, with signatures on the petition, you can have a recall election on city and county officials. You must stand up as citizens of this city and this county. You must stand up or else we fall into the precipice of violent crime, which you never get out of. Ask the people in Chicago, and they will tell you. 210-599-5555. At 635, we'll talk more about this and, of course, what happened with Kevin McCarthy, the speaker in the house. That's coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. What I know about courage, I learned from KTSA. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware here. So the speaker was ousted yesterday. I do want to talk about that. We're talking about the chaos that reigns on the streets of San Antonio and, of course, taking your calls as well. And, uh, Don, there was a little sound behind you while you were doing your newscast there. I could hear it. Just an inside deal to let you know, Don. Mark, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Trey, and happy birthday to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, Just want to touch on a couple of things. I moved here from Houston eight years ago to san antonio yes sir okay we're out we're out in pipe creek now i for just the past few months but i have seen the transition and violence just in eight years alone yes sir okay so we're fortunate we can live out in the country now and i tried to explain to my wife and my stepdaughter said look limit your trips back into san antonio because you increase your chances of something happening to you i said pay attention to what's going on it's just situation awareness that's right. all it is that's right it's got it, it's gone racket it's gone crazy there san antonio is on the heels of being just like houston yeah. they're almost there yeah anyway sir you're yeah. a gentleman you're a patriot keep up the good fight sir we love you thank you mark i appreciate your your comments and you're 100 percent correct i was spent a lot of time in houston as a kid both sets of grandparents were over there so i would go to houston and spend my summers very familiar with Houston, Pasadena area. Uh, I watched it as a kid just go downhill, slide downhill, and that's what, that's what is happening. You're right. That is what is happening to San Antonio right now. And that was, that's what's so frustrating about this is that we don't have to do this, you know. We don't have to go into chaos and violence and bad guys owning the streets. It's being done by design because of the Marxist revolution that is happening in our country. And we don't have to do this. Recall Joe Gonzalez. Recall the mayor. Recall or, you know, you can't recall Eric Walsh because he's hired, but, you know, force him out. Get a movement going. God knows they got a movement going, and the movement is not good. The movement is chaos on the streets. And so we don't have to do this. We can get a movement going a peaceful movement going, 
using the process to remove these people who are Marxist revolutionaries who are destroying one of the best cities this country has ever known. Ever known. And they're doing it on purpose to bring about the Marxist revolution. I know this is really weird to hear people talk about, you know, that this would never, I didn't think this would ever come to the United States. We're free. We're free people. No, you're not. When you, when a man has to tell his wife and children, do not go to San Antonio because it's dangerous, you're not free. <laughs> if cameras are looking at your every move wherever you go, you're not free. And when a guy swinging a metal pipe comes to your place of business swinging that metal pipe, and I believe trying to gain entry, but anyway, when a guy does that, you're not free. You're not. And, and it's not just... Oh, well, you know, oh, well, this happens, and oh, well, we have to live with it. Hell, no, you don't have to live with it. No, you don't. You can begin a peaceful movement like Terry did out here on 281 on the, on the, uh, on, on the tolls. Huh? Terry Hall, yes, and got the tolls stopped. Like Charisma and the others did about the cenotaph and saved the cenotaph. And I got a news story about the Alamo, by the way. You're just going to love this. I'll tell you about that here in a little bit. Like the Prop A group? Prop A. We got Prop A stopped, right? So citizens who stand up can do it. It is possible. They say you can't fight City Hall. Well, yeah, you can. Well, yeah, you can. We did it with Prop A. We did it with toll roads. We did it with the cenotaph. And we can darn sure do it with crime. But it's going to take a concentrated effort of Republicans and Democrats and independents, and I don't really care what your party affiliation is. These streets are dangerous for all of us. Ask Henry Cuellar if the black dudes who stuffed a gun in his nose two nights ago asked him if he's a Democrat or Republican. Just ask him. Just ask him. Are you a Democrat or Republican? Of course they didn't. A socialist, left-wing activist, and I'm talking he's as far left as you can get, was as far left as you can get, was stabbed to death in the streets of Brooklyn two nights ago in front of his girlfriend coming home from a wedding. He's a left-wing, he was a left, far, extreme left-wing activist. He was waiting on a bus. Waiting on a bus. Public transportation. That's right. They don't ask. They don't ask you if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent. And what this takes is all of us coming together, first of all, beginning a recall petition against the mayor, because it starts there. It starts and ends there. And if you think your streets are safe, he's to blame. He's to blame. The buck stops in the mayor's office in a municipality. And they have really one job. One job. You know what the one job of a municipal government is? Public safety. Public safety. A city government is there for public safety. That's it. They're not there to tell you what you can eat and can't eat. They're not there to march with BLM and, oh, yeah, we're going to defund police, baby. No, they're not there for that. 
They're there for public safety and public safety alone. And let me just ask you, with Mayor Nirenberg in charge, do you feel safe? Ask the people in this building yesterday. You feel safe? With Mayor Nirenberg? How about his self-appointed general, Eric Walsh, who's the who's the boss of the police department? He's Bill McManus's boss. You feel safe? It's on him. His job, city manager, you know what city manager's job is? Clean the streets and keep you safe. Keep you safe and clean the city. That's the city manager's job. Do you think this is a clean and safe city? Do you? I mean, I'll listen to you if you do. You can explain it to me. And then, of course, we've already gone through the DA and how the DA was paid, bought and paid for by George Soros with one marching order, release the bad guys and blame the cops. And that's dutifully to, to George Soros, but not to the citizens of this county. That's what he's doing. Do you feel safe? Well, I'm telling you, you're not. You are not safe in this city. And it rests with those people. And you don't have to wait for another election. You have recall here. And that's what we need. 210-599-5555. Good morning, Alex. You're on KTSA with Trey. Good day and wellness, brother. Thank you. Um, man, the past three years, I've, I've, it's like been one big volunteer cleanup and IQ test. So I empathize. Um, I've been, you know, spending my time mostly keeping an eye out for my neighbors and their children and picking up trash from face masks to just random things. And, uh, you know, I can tell, tell my peer group again and again, stop ordering out and inviting strangers to your home. I know you want those chicken wings, but you got to get back to the ground and get back to common sense and be there for one another because this is what led us to this situation is a lack of empathy. We ha and thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. What we have to do is we have to have stronger policing. We have to lock up the bad guys. We have to remove the bad guys from society, okay? That's what we have to do. And number two, the ones that are mentally ill, call them mentally ill. And we have to remove the mentally ill from society as well. We have to reopen up the mental hospitals. And, and, you know, I, I know people, oh, my God, you know, clockwork orange. We don't want any of that. Yeah, well, yeah, we do. We, we have to seriously pursue that kind of angle. Because now with people who, and this stupid amount of people who are coming across the border who are homeless people, we are victims in our, on our, in our own communities, in our own neighborhoods, on our own streets. 210-599-5555. Kevin McCarthy is out as speaker. Who do you think ought to replace him? Who should replace Kevin McCarthy? As Speaker of the House, call me right now and tell me at 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, Trey Ware. Excited to tell you about a Calls at 210-599-5555. And I have some news concerning the Alamo, the Cenotaph, and something that Nirenberg told Mayor Nirenberg told me years ago. And they tried to bring it true. And I'll give that to you at 6.05 this morning. But first, John, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Good morning. The question was uh, who should be the new speaker yes, of the sir. house. Who do you think? And the answer is Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why? Why do you think? Make the case for Donald Trump, John. He's got some time on his hand. He's <laughs> the most popular uh, 
figure and the house is supposed to be for the people. Yeah. And here's here and thank you John, I appreciate it. And and here's why I would say Donald Trump. Uh number 1 is the border, okay? Number 1, he's going to move the House of Representatives to close this stinking border before we're all overrun and killed. Number two, he is going to be able to negotiate on the budget and the fact that we're more than $33 trillion in debt. Over a trillion dollars is what we're spending every year now on interest alone, on interest alone. So he's going to be able to negotiate that as a businessman. He's a guy that, you know, can negotiate these things, you know, can make this happen. I would say you would put him in there for 100 days, give him 100 days and turn him loose to negotiate the things that need to be done. Uh, investigating Ukraine. Where's my money going in Ukraine? We want some accountability for Ukraine. We want to know why and where our money is going. We have no idea. And, and, and the White House tells us they don't know either. And the Pentagon says we are out of bullets and missiles in our country because we gave it all to Ukraine. Somebody like a Donald Trump is perfect to be able to go in and figure out what the hell's going on in Ukraine and why we continue to spend all this money and pour all these munitions into Ukraine. So I say, yeah, just for those who are asking, well, he's not a member of Congress. You don't have to be. You can put anybody in there. Anybody can be elected as Speaker of the House, and I think he's the perfect, perfect, perfect choice for it. He's the only one that got the cojones, as we say in, in Texas, to do what needs to be done in order to save this country, and that's a good start right there. Rose, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Good morning to you, Trey. Thank you very much. Uh, I say Donald Trump. He's an excellent speaker. He knows all the issues that need to be addressed. He's the man for the job. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Rose. I appreciate it very much. Al, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Yeah, Brian Donald. I think Brian Donald would make a good speaker of the house. He talked. He talk a pretty good line. See if he can back it up. All right. All right. Thank you, Al. I appreciate it very much. 210-599-5555. It was Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Eli uh, Crane, Ken Buck, Tim Burchette, Bob Good, Nancy Mace, and Matt Rosendale, along with all of the Democrats. They're the ones who voted McCarthy out. Now, I don't like those names. <laughs> just, Andy Biggs is all right. Matt Gates is okay. I think Matt may have some trouble with the uh, coming down the pike, coming his way on some, some legal issues. I don't know. We'll find out. But Ken Buck, I don't like one little bit. Tom Burchett, I don't like one little bit. Bob Good, I don't like one little bit. Uh, Nancy Mace is, you know, she's mealy-mouthing back and forth. Her problem, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's too pro-abortion for me. Matt Rosendale, I don't like one little bit. I certainly don't like any of the Democrats up there. Uh, but they were able to remove uh, Kevin McCarthy as speaker. And he says he's not going to run for speaker anymore. Steve Scalise is working behind the scenes to replace him, even though Steve Scalise has blood cancer. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi immediately evicted by the speaker pro tem. Um, just so you'll know, it's it's called a hideaway office. I don't know if you're familiar with these hideaway offices. Anybody see Hogwarts? Anybody see that movie with yeah? You know, and and those all, those those rooms would would come and disappear and come and okay. Well, that's basically what a hideaway office is on the Capitol. They're very well known for use by senators. They're very nice offices. <laughs> they really are incredible, and they are in caverns. 
they are like these hall, these little bitty narrow hallways, you know, that only one person can barely get through, and low ceilings, and they go around corners, and they're kind of hidden in the city. And then all of a sudden, you open the door, and that's it's, to prop her up so she can walk straight. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and you come up with this, you know, this. That's right, so she can hold onto the walls. You come up to this. You open the door, and this big palatial office is there. Well, McCarthy allowed Pelosi to keep her office. What the hell for? You know, uh, it, it was stuff like that. If anybody is going to blame anybody for McCarthy being ousted, it's going to be stuff like that that ultimately bit him in the butt. And so uh, the first thing the speaker pro tem did was kick Pelosi out, and they rolled her stuff out of there. She was in San Francisco partying it down out there with the with the Feinstein crowd. So, uh, yeah, they they rolled her stuff out in the middle of the afternoon. And good. They should have done that the day she wasn't speaker any longer. They should have rolled her stuff out of there. Newt Gingrich has a whole lot of heart attack about this. Let's go to cut number two, Jimmy. Here's what Newt Gingrich on Fox News said about what happened with McCarthy yesterday. 96% of the Republicans voted for McCarthy. 4% voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should, in fact, be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. We ought to be focusing on Biden. We ought to be focusing on the economy. We ought to be focusing on the border. Instead, you're going to get a week or 10 days of the media focusing on Republican disarray. It's an astonishingly destructive behavior by a handful of egocentric people who think they're superior to 96% of the conference. A man who replaced Bob Michaels. Uh, Let's go to cut number one. Jim Jordan sounded off about it here. How disappointed are you with the speak? What happened here, and Speaker McCarthy? I thought it was un- I thought it was unfair to unfair to Kevin. Uh-huh. Kevin, I think, has done a fine job, and he and I came in together. He's a good man, um, and he didn't deserve this, in my judgment. You, will you run for Speaker? That's a decision for the conference. So are you open to it? Okay, coming up at six oh five. More of your calls on what happened with the House yesterday. And I got a note from the folks over at Don't Move the Cenotaph about a conversation I had with Mayor Ron Nirenberg a few years ago. I'll tell you more about that at 6.05. Trey Ware, KTSA. It's no secret that interest rates have risen dramatically. You know, I think everyone should listen. <laughs> now on FM 1071. Years ago, Ron Nirenberg on this show told me they were going to honor the Mexican Army. That's exactly what he said that they wanted to honor both sides of the fight of the Alamo. And I got notification yesterday from the Save the, uh, the Cenotaph folks uh, after we you know, worked so hard to get the Cenotaph saved that indeed they were planning on doing an honoring event of the Mexican Army. Dear Trey, Remember when you interviewed Mayor Ron Nirenberg and he told you that it was his wish to honor both sides of the Alamo battle? Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) I sure do. I remember him saying that right here to me. Well, I noticed the Alamo was having an event called Dia del Soldado. It was going to recognize the Mexican occupation under Santa Ana at the Alamo. Nirenberg's wishes seemed to be coming true. Well, my team went to work, and they contacted the GLO and Dan Patrick, and in less than six hours, the event was canceled. 
I know you remember the entire Travis Park situation and how Nuremberg, Trevino, and most of city council voted to have the statue removed. The Alamo is using words like delighted, commemorate, and enriching our history with the Mexican soldados. If they couldn't stomach the Confederate history, then why is this okay now? Charisma sent me some screenshots of what they were planning on doing, and I'll just read a, a portion of the screenshot. The Alamo, steeped in historical significance, is delighted to unveil its inaugural Dia del Soldado, commemorating the intertwined Spanish and Mexican military legacies that have enriched the Alamo's storied 300-year past. goes on to say that they had planned it October 21st, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Living historians will bring life to the 19th century Mexican army with military drills and musket firing demonstrations. Visitors will also learn firsthand how soldiers lived and survived on the frontier through stations depicting different roles within the 1830s Mexican army. Join us for this memorable day spotlighting the history of the Mexican military. Ron Nirenberg said right here on this show, when we were talking about this whole redesign project, reimagining the Alamo, and so on, and I had received word that it was his dream to honor Santana. Remember the whole statue of Santana thing? Remember that? And apparently all that was true. I was shouted down when I said, I've been told they want to build a, a, a statue to Santana down there in the Alamo grounds. And people, oh, no, we would never do that. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Blasphemy, we would never do that. But I was told right here by Ron Nirenberg, we should honor both sides of the Alamo battle. Both sides should be honored. Both sides should be respected. Both sides should be revered. Both sides should have their day in the sun because they were both doing great things. Like slaughtering men and women at the fortress known at the Alamo. Cutting them into little bitty pieces. Torturing the men of the Alamo. That's what Ron Nirenberg thought was cool, I guess, because he wanted to honor the Mexican military in Santana. And apparently they were just about to do it with this Dia del Soldado event, and I've been told by Charisma and those at the Save the Cenotaph that this has been stopped by Dan Patrick. Elaine's going to follow up on this and get me more details, and I'll bring them to you here on KTSA. Meanwhile, we're talking about the chaos on the streets, ruling the streets of America. Got more on that coming up, and right now talking more about House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who was ousted yesterday, what that means, where do we go from here, and who ought to replace him as Speaker of the House. And, Jim, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Trey. I, I first think it's absolutely idiotic and disgusting what Gates and the Traitor 8 did. Um, six of them was no surprise yet. Uh, these leftists like Ken Buck up in Colorado and, and a couple in Arizona and one in Virginia, they're all, they're all a bunch of cowering Democrat lovers with an R next to their name. But Nancy Mace was a disappointment. I, I thought she was really a true conservative. So she goes and votes with the Dems 
to kick somebody out who voted with the Dems. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, so we have nobody right now that ha- will get a consensus vote on the Republican side. You got Hakeem Jeffries, who has guaranteed 208 votes right now, and probably half of the ones that voted McCarthy out. I think that's what they've set themselves up for, is to turn this over to Hakeem Jeffries. If we had a Republican, I think Byron Donalds would be an excellent choice, because the eight that voted him out, all white, by the way, uh, would be uh, – there'd be no way they could vote against Byron Donalds. He just hasn't said he wants to run. But I, I don't know of another candidate that could possibly do it, unless they put Newt Gingrich back in there, I, which would be great with me. I'm just so sick of him, I can't tell you. Yeah. It's, it's just disgusting, Trey. Did you did, – obviously you didn't feel like McCarthy was uh, – you know, the charge against him was that he wasn't getting the job done. He was not representing MAGA country. No. I'm sorry. He, he, you know, he, he's not as conservative as, as I would have liked. Yeah. But he was doing a good job. He, he got the, he stopped the shutdown. I mean, God bless him for that. I, we were positive he wasn't. You know, we were positive this was gonna, we were going into Christmas with a shutdown in place. But he, he got that done this weekend while the Senate was in recess. I, I don't know, you know, what else did they want? I mean, you know, did they want Hakeem Jeffries making the calls for him? Because that's what they're asking for right now. They're going to ask for him to take the gavel, and we'll never see it again. Well, I, I we think lost I think you're right that there is a a real possibility that that can happen out of this. I think you're right, and I think their major fault out of all this was they didn't have somebody already in the wings and ready to go. Yes. But there's a lot of fr- I, I can tell you there's a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration in MAGA country and among uh, yeah. con- true conservatives in this country with I how with how McCarthy was handling things, particularly like like the shutdown that he was not being more restrained with the spending. He hasn't moved any legislation so far to shut this border down and overpower this president who has opened the border yeah. and unleashed hell on us. And and of course uh, the the whole war in Ukraine uh, situation as well. So there. there there's, there's a lot of reasons that conservatives and MAGA country are very, very uh, upset and, and disappointed in Kevin McCarthy uh, dragging his feet the way he has. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I do. And, and, oh, 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 and one more thing, Jim. I don't mean to cut yeah. you off, but yeah. one more thing. That's right. The, the subpoenas, you know, Biden has not been subpoenaed. Hunter Biden has not been subpoenaed. We know they're criminals. We have, we have yeah. a history yeah. of their criminality. We have the evidence of their criminality. And none of these guys under McCarthy's leadership, have been subpoenaed. So I, I'm just throwing the evidence out there yeah. of, of why they felt like they had to do this. And you're absolutely right. I read the names of the eight in the last half hour on the air, and they are mealy-mouthed, weak-kneed, leftist jerks as far as I'm concerned. And Nancy Mace, yeah. uh, she was never high on my list because she's too pro-abortion for me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I, you're, you're absolutely right. It's just I, I just hope we haven't shot ourselves in the foot. Well, it might have. It's very possible yeah. that that happened yesterday. It's very possible that happened. Hey, man, thank you, Jim. I always appreciate it when you call. Let me go to Mark. Mark, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Hey, I, I really don't get all the angst here over uh, McCarthy. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't promoting the conservative agenda. I mean, Gates has given. Piece after piece after piece of evidence of what McCarthy was not doing his job. He wasn't conservative. And all these people calling in saying he was, you know, we we call in, everybody calls in and says, why aren't they subpoenaing this? Why aren't they doing that? Why aren't they doing this? And then when a guy, when, when one of the representatives actually works in the House, says, you know what, we want to make change now. Then he gets lambasted. 
I, I, you know, that's the problem with conservatives. We a lot of talk, a lot of hey, yeah, we're gonna we want to do all this. We want to complain about the Democrats, but when the rubber meets the road, that's everybody right. wants to defend the status quo. That's right. That's and right. That's, that's right. Gates, I I I respect Matt Gates for saying, you know what, I'm tired of the status quo. I want to get thing. I want to get a conservative govern. I want to return. The government to a constitutional republic now. Yeah. Well, Mark, I, listen, I, as you just heard me say a, a couple of seconds ago, I agree. I, I'm totally anti-status quo myself. I, uh, what I fault them at right now, the ones who did this, first of all, he had to align himself with liberals and all the Democrats. So it's a very the, – the previous caller, Jim, was right. It's a very real possibility this ends up in Hakeem Jeffries' hands. It's a very real possibility that happens. And that is because they didn't already have somebody set and ready to go. That's my fault with this, is that I would have said – Here's my guy. Let's vote him out because this guy here is ready to carry the MAGA and the conservative and the true American principles forward that Kevin McCarthy is not. This guy is ready to go. So let's get this guy out right now and put this guy in place. And they didn't. They well, don't but, have anybody but, yet. So you know. Well, it, that's not. But that's that. You don't know that. I mean, I. Well, no, Gates I do because also, Matt Gates says he doesn't have anybody. <laughs> the guy no, who had the. Well, no, he no, said that yesterday. No, yes, he did. He's, he. I saw him yesterday on, too. on Newsmax, and he's saying <laughs> there are there are he, there are many 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 possibilities, many many people that could be able to do it. We, and, and what happened is, you know, why did they why did they stop? Why did no they, no no? Like you're, you're missing why, you're missing why, my why? point, Mark. You're you're missing my point, and that is he didn't have somebody already ready to go that he could have said or he should have he should have said instead of having this period now where they are uh, th this thing could literally fall into the other guy's hands if they don't play this right he should have been able to say okay McCarthy you're out and this guy's in and this is the direction we are going and they didn't have that done if you wanted to make sure that you had a seamless transition and stop the status quo that's what you would have done I saw the same press conference I saw three or four press conferences with him yesterday and he didn't have anybody that he was specifically lighting on to he said well Steve Scalise would be a good one and I think this guy might be a good one and that one might be a good one and so on but instead of having somebody ready and raring to go they they didn't have that as far as as as, as Matt Gates said yesterday they didn't have their act together on that and I I I, I, I admit I agree with you I hear your point but I'm interested again I don't understand the Republicans, you know, and the only reason that it would fall into the Democrat hands would be if the Republicans allow them to do that, you know, and and all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes and and what's been going on, I don't know where where is Chip Roy on this. I mean, I I would like to hear from him, but. Uh, the idea he, he, vote, he voted to keep McCarthy, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. I, I read his t tweet yesterday. He he uh, did not vote to vacate yesterday. So but, uh, the idea is that we're you know we 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 complain about the status quo, and right. then when we want then when we look at the status. Oh, quo, I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you. Yeah, we, we complain too. You can't have it both ways. No, that's right. Got it. You got to say, look, I, I back these guys. Yeah, no, I, that's right. I, and I and I appreciate their effort. I appreciate Gates's effort to lead and say, you know what, we're going to change the status quo now. Right, uh, and thank you, Mark. I always appreciate your call. Here's the danger in the thing with with uh, with Hakeem Jeffries. Those seven that that voted with Gates yesterday, Hakeem already has 208 votes. He needs right around 216, 218, uh, 216 really, because the House is down by a couple of numbers. So, 
I don't want to get into the weeds on all this, but with the 206 that he has, or two, let's see, 208 that he has now, if you add those liberal Republicans who voted to oust McCarthy yesterday, I'm talking about the Ken Bucks and the Goods and the Maces and all those people, you add them over on the Democrat side, and Akeem Jeffries is your speaker. That's the danger of, of this without having somebody installed already you know yesterday should have been the gavel is passed from mccarthy to the new conservative head who's going to run it by conservative principles but they didn't do that so they they really are in a valley right now of danger as far as i'm concerned of it tipping over into hakeem jeffrey's hands the democrats we know they will vote in solidarity we know that and they did it yesterday every single democrat voted to vacate yesterday you add to those democrats those republicans who voted to vacate yesterday and now hakeem jeffrey's is your guy. All right, quick break. Uh, 210-599-5555. FoundationSupportSpecialist.com. That's who you get in touch with to do a foundation inspection at your home absolutely free and no obligation. Now, why do you want to do that? Because you don't know if you have a foundation problem or not. I mean, sometimes the telltale signs are pretty obvious at windows and doors that don't open and close and cracks in the sheetrock and cracks in the masonry outside and stuff like that. But a lot of times you have failing foundation problems and you don't know it because you don't know what to look for and you don't know what the telltale signs are. And you certainly don't have the lasers and the levelers, uh, the levels and all the stuff that they have and the expertise that they have. So you want to get in touch with them and mention Treyware when you do. Just log on to foundationsupportspecialist.com. They will do this absolutely free. And then if they need to fix it, their fix is guaranteed for the life of the structure. You'll be on a solid foundation with FoundationSupportSpecialist.com. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. At 6.35, my friend John Hayward from Breitbart.com comes in. We'll talk about the McCarthy situation from yesterday at 6.35 here on KTSA. Mexico's president says 10,000 migrants a day are headed to the United States border. They're walking across his country. They're taking plane rides at your expense. They're taking train rides at your expense. About 6,000 migrants a day have come to Mexico from Guatemala in the last week, and they're headed north, and the president of Mexico says it's your fault, U.S. Hey, listen, um, wh- why do we keep giving this guy money? Why do we keep propping up Mexico? Cut it off. See, that's why you need Trump as speaker. <laughs> Cut off the funding to Mexico. No, he's saying that our, we, because of economic sanctions on Cuba and Venezuela, All these people are coming to the United States. It's your fault. And he criticized the U.S. for giving large amounts of money to Ukraine. Well, I agree with him there. But then he turns around and says, you need to spend all this money here in Mexico. Hell with you. We spent about $19 billion a year in Mexico. If you can't make that work, you're a failed state. He's in the hands of the cartels. It's a failed state. We all know it. They're, They're importing people here for the Marxist revolution. That's what they're doing. It's a Marxist revolution bringing in voters that they can control to vote for their Marxist candidates. That's why they're trying to eliminate Donald Trump. Look at the Marxists and the fascists throughout history, whether it was the 30s in Germany or the early 1900s in the Soviet Union. You will see that they persecute, prosecute, assassinate their opposition, and then they cause a Marxist revolution with chaos in the streets and an extremely extremely strong military force comes in and takes over the streets. That's what happened then. 
That's what is happening right now. Coming up at 635, my friend John Hayward from Breitbart.com will join me, and we will talk more about McCarthy and Gates and all that fun that the boys and girls in Washington had yesterday. Lifestyles Unlimited for you and your family. Now you're talking about creating wealth. Wealth that lasts. That's investing in real estate. That's what investing in real estate can do for you and your family. But you got to know what you're doing. It's a smart way to do it, right? And our friends over at Lifestyles Unlimited, they have been investing in real estate themselves now for about 40 years. And they're taking all that knowledge and all that experience and all that know-how, and they're teaching people like you and me how to get her done. And it's very simple. You can do it online by logging on to financialfreedomlivestream.com and using your promo code WHERE. Or you can go to one of their in-person seminars, which are a lot of fun, very interesting, and you learn a ton. However you choose to do it, you're going to walk away with the knowledge that you need to begin investing right away in real estate and start making money right away. All the details are waiting right now. Financialfreedomlivestream.com. The promo code is WHERE, W-A-R-E. Simply the best for at KTSA. This is Trey Ware along with John Hayward from Breitbart.com on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Let's see, John. What shall we talk about today? Is there anything going on in politics in Washington, D.C. that we ought to kick around for a few minutes? What do you think? Nah, it was a very snoozy day. <laughs> Nothing noteworthy happened at all. Oh, my God. So here we sit with without a Speaker of the House, and all the news channels this morning, including Fox, are saying the House is at a standstill. It's in disarray. There's confusion reigning in Washington, D.C. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. You know, that kind of thing. So what do you think? Well, it's a factional fight. It's going to resolve itself eventually. It'll be a little bumpy along the way. I'm not sure if it was a good idea what just happened. I mean, I think the, the problem is I keep hearing people saying we've got to fight, 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 and McCarthy was disappointing a Speaker of the House, and he didn't deliver on some of his promises. Republicans weren't getting anything in these debt deals. That seemed to really uh, set a lot of people off, that they're working on this debt ceiling negotiation for the umpteenth time, and everything Democrats want gets funded and nothing Republicans uh, want gets funded. So there was some controversy there. But I think the, the troops that unseated him went into this battle without a real plan for what to do next. Right. They unseated him. Primarily, Democrats were the muscle. It was the Democrat votes that, that got him bumped out. And I'm sure they're sitting back and enjoying the show. But that's going to de derail a lot of important things that were happening. It's going to make the budget fight harder. It's going to really throw a wrench into the works of the Biden impeachment inquiry. What happens to that now, you know, now that there's there's no speaker? So, I mean, I think this, this works to the Democrats' advantage tactically. And it comes at a moment when and they've got polls out there showing the public is completely turned against the Democratic Party. They're furious about inflation. They think they give Republicans some historic 25 point or something like that margin on the economy. You know, they're turning to the Republicans for leadership and they see this. And, and I think this was well timed to break that momentum that was that was shifting public opinion. Boy, it sure is. And what, what my, my big deal about this and, and I listen, I'm one to break the status quo and I want to see the status quo go away. And I've been very clear on that publicly for a very long time and there were some aspects of McCarthy that clearly were status quo there's no doubt about that he was not MAGA enough for a lot of people or whatever you want to call it and the fact that Matt Gates had to get folks like uh, Eli Crane or Ken Buck Ken's a Democrat you know Tim Burchett mm -hmm. Bob Good Nancy Mace is so pro-abortion uh, Matt Rosendale people like that and then all of the Democrats I think the real danger, since he didn't have somebody in place, I think that's exactly right how you put it, 
uh, since he did not have somebody re- or they didn't have somebody ready to go immediately, the real danger here is with 208 votes that Hakeem Jeffries already has, if Ken, Ken Buck and Bob Good and Nancy Mace and some of these others vote for uh, Hakeem Jeffries, Jeffries, he's the speaker. <laughs> he's the guy. Right. Non, non-zero chance that this ends with a Democrat speaker of the House, which I just think would be cataclysmic for a bunch of different reasons. And one of the big ones is what I just said, the public's right. attitude towards the, the GOP. It's going to look like an absolute clown show if that's how this ends, and that's going to really take the wind out of their sails going into this election as their sense of being a valid alternative to the Democrats, a party that can govern, that can get things done. I totally understand the impulse to not like the establishment and to feel like it never delivers and that the, the Republican voters are always told to just wait and take a seat and be quiet while nothing ever seems to go their way. I completely understand that. But you don't start that bomb run on the Death Star until mm-hmm. you know exactly where that little exhaust port is that you need to hit with your proton torpedo. And I, I feel like this is one of those fights that started without a clear victory objective in mind. No, it did not have that in mind. And, uh, you know, even though yesterday when Matt Gates was asked about who would be a good speaker, he talked about Steve Scalise. Uh, he talked about, you know, a, a few others who would have been a good replacement. But they didn't have somebody that was their guy, you know, our girl, who was ready to go in place. I, I, I think if they were going to do this, that kick McCarthy out and hand the gavel immediately to the new person who is then going to send out the subpoenas to the Bidens, which has not happened yet, you know, and start throwing subpoenas and, and paper everywhere on that, start working on uh, the budget in a serious conservative way and so on. I think that's where they fumbled yesterday. I think that's that was a big screw-up. And they have one big structural problem here when the leadership faces a challenge like this. The Democrat leadership faces challenges, too. And they have factions, and there are parts of their party, like the so-called squad, that are just extremist wackos that get a huge amount of media coverage, and they're angry at the leadership in the Democrat Party. They don't think it's far left enough. But at the end of the day, the Democrat leadership can always turn to all those factions and say, what's it going to cost me to keep you on board? And they'll say, well, give us this or that. And the Democrats, who have spent America into oblivion, do you people? People don't realize how bad this is about to get. We are hurtling towards the edge of a cliff. The prophesied time of doom is upon us. The cost of financing the national debt is skyrocketing because the interest rates are going up. We're we're in big, big trouble. And it's because of these Democrat big spenders, these drunken sailors. But that's a big advantage when you're trying to hold a caucus together. You can just toss a billion here and a billion there. And before you know it, your unruly members have quieted and they all support you. And if you're the Republicans trying to cut government and you're serious about it, then you can't really do that. I remember it wasn't that long ago that we used to actually argue over the debt. We used to argue over government spending. I remember government shutdowns being about government spending, profligate spending, and how it was out of control. And at that time, we were about 2 to $4 trillion in debt. Now, that wasn't that long ago. And here we sit now at $33 trillion in debt, where the interest is over a $1 trillion in interest alone, John. And nobody seems to really care. It doesn't seem like this is being discussed. If you talk to people about this now or you try to have an intelligent discussion on a show such as this about that, their eyes roll back in their head because it's not exciting. It's not Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey. You know, it's not exciting stuff. So why do I care about what's going on with the national debt? They, you, you, they're not, for whatever the reason is, the messaging on, on the danger part of this is not getting through to common Americans. It's just not. 
It's because it seems so abstract. It's so hard to wrap your head around. The numbers involved are so titanic. People since the 80s and 90s have been trying to call attention to this, and they always run up against that problem. Some voters are serious about this, and they care, but a lot, the majority, they just think of it as a faraway thing that may never happen, and it's incomprehensible. And then the other side says, well, those evil guys who want fiscal responsibility, they're going to starve teachers. They're, they're going to put firefighters in cardboard boxes, and they'll have to live in a box. And everybody says, okay, let's have more spending. I mean, it, it's always the immediate promise of goodies and the immediate threat, but increasingly. They don't even promise goodies anymore. You notice that? They don't try to give us lollipops and tell us they're going to spend all this money. No, they threaten us. If you cut the budget one penny, one thin penny, we'll take all your firefighters away. Your house will burn down. That, that's the threat coming from the big spenders these days. Well, that sounds like we're doomed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> There's nobody with the political will in D.C. to do anything about this. And you and I both know if this continues on, and not for long, it's not going to take long, there won't be anything left, uh, especially when you consider what BRIC is doing as an example. Uh, if, if they yank the, the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency, it's over overnight. It's done right away. Yeah, yeah, that is a very bad scenario. And even if BRICS doesn't manage to pull that off, the interest on financing the debt, I think, next year is projected to exceed the military budget. And we have this caucus that wants to send infinite money to Ukraine. We don't have infinite money to send to Ukraine. We don't have another dollar to send to Ukraine. We're out. We're dry. We're tapped. We're finding out that we're running short of munitions. We're running short of equipment because we sent it all to Ukraine. The people that got us into that conflict didn't stop to think about how their bloated government is so inept at doing anything at scale. And there's so much money devoted to other things we're just we're out there's nothing else we can do and if they try to print more money to, to make the debt float then inflation blows into orbit it's already horrifically bad and people are revolting against it how are you going to like it when it doubles i remember when the people who got us into ukraine told us that we would defeat vladimir putin in 48 hours and that was two years ago <laughs> two years ago I'm all in favor of defeating Vladimir Putin, and I, I'm all in favor of really defending Ukraine. I support the idea of helping them defend themselves, but it's been done in such a slapdash, irresponsible, untransparent, and unaccountable manner, and the sums of money involved are so titanic, and nobody in our government really stops and says, we're out of money. We can't afford this. We started an economic war with Russia, and we're going to lose it. That's right. That's exactly right, particularly since we're doing away with our own oil and we have become more reliant on other people's oil in this administration. Uh, that's exactly right. We are going to lose this economic war with the way things are going. So, John, I'll let you go as always. I have a pleasure having you on on Wednesdays, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much for having me. John Hayward, Breitbart.com. That's Breitbart.com. John Hayward, read him over there. Well, let me tell you about my friends at Laurel Ridge Treatment Center. Talking about the military. Well, our friends in the military, they're always called upon to make extreme sacrifices, leaving behind their family and friends to go do their duties wherever that might be all across the globe. And military families, well, they make sacrifices too. When a loved one comes home with extreme trauma, PTSD, or whatever, the families, well, they're deeply affected, obviously. I was talking to a couple of family members the other day who uh, have you know, members of their family in the military, and they're dealing with PTSD right now. Laurel Ridge Treatment Center has been helping soldiers return home healthy and whole since 1987. They're here for military dependents with depression or anxiety or addiction or behavioral issues of any kind. And they have customized options, too, with inpatient and outpatient services, day treatments available. Your family has a caring, compassionate resource to become healthy and whole again at Laurel Ridge. That's Laurel Ridge Treatment Center, laurelridgetc.com. Laurel Ridge, since 1987, 
saving lives, healing families, and creating hope. Hi, Trey Ware. Super excited to tell you about the Hill Country. Coming up, and also at 7.05 with Ware and Rima, we're going to talk about the chaos in the cities and chaos that I encountered. Well, not actually a lot of chaos, but I encountered something yesterday as I was leaving work that a personal story about the chaos in the streets that I want to share with you. It's something that Sean and I talk about a lot. I talk about it on my show. We talk about it together. He talks about it on his show. And that's chaos in the streets. And I got plenty to say about that today at 7.05. I do want to remind you as well that there's going to be an alarm that's going to hit your phone, your radio, your television, and everything else at 1.20. 1.20 today, there will be an alarm coming from the government. They say there's no alarm. This is just a test. This is only a test. No action is needed. But you're going to get it on your phone. You're going to get it on your radio. You're going to get it on your, your internet. You're going to get it on the television and everything else at 120. So more details about that coming up as well. Wallet Hub, their best foodie cities. If you're a foodie and you loves to eat, no, San Antonio isn't on the list, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. That is criminal. When you consider all the Mexican food joints, the taquerias we have, and the Tex-Mex food, we ought to be, like, right up to the top of the list, right? Overall, number nine is Austin. Austin, Texas, number nine. This is the overall. This is the ratings for everything when, they, when they're considering what goes into factoring the best foodie cities. Number five, San Francisco. Number four, Miami, Florida. Number three, Sacramento, California. Number two, Portland, Oregon. And drumroll, number one, Orlando, Florida. Number one foodie city in America. I don't know. It's according to Wallet Hub. The most affordable foodie city in America, Laredo, Texas, is the most affordable foodie city. So there you go. Just thought I'd pass that along to you. Laura Trump has a single. She has re-recorded I Won't Back Down, the hit from Tom Petty. And the record companies and the advertising companies are being petty because they won't put her name on billboards to promote the record. If you try to call it up on Apple Music, you can't call it up. If you try to call it up on Spotify, you got to play around with it a little bit to get it to come up. Why? Because her last name is Trump. Laura Trump who is married to Donald Trump's son, Eric Trump. And, you know, she just put out a record. She's she's a singer. She's an entertainer. But like in, um, in Times Square, they put up, you know, Black Lives Matter. They put up Planned Parenthood in Times Square. And they put up all kinds of artists on those billboards in Times Square, those electronic billboards. They won't put her up there. They put a photo of the cover art, but they took out her name. And they told her, well, you know, we, we'll run it with just Laura. And she said, no, my name's Laura Trump. <laughs> no, but, but, but we're just going to call you Laura because, you know, we can't say anything, Trump. We have to totally cancel Donald Trump. And they're all about canceling Donald Trump right now, aren't they? Everything from pop culture, whether it's the music industry, the television industry. And for years, they love Donald Trump. Just like the Democrats for years, they loved his money. Hillary Clinton, boy, she loved his money. And yesterday she said, he's dark and dystopian, and he's going to be the 2024 nominee for the Republicans. Blah, 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 freaking blah. She's never going to get over it. In fact, if he wins again next year, uh, she'll be right back in the woods drinking more wine. <laughs> That's where Hillary belongs. That's fine with me, boy. 
put her out there with the bears and the, everything else in the woods. I'm good with that. So let her drink some wine in the woods. Let's make sure she does that. Coming up at 7.05, um, do want to talk with you just a little bit about um, about the chaos in the streets, some chaos that I saw yesterday, and what can be done about the chaos in the streets. So we're going to do that at uh, at 7.05. I just want to mention something personal uh, real quick. You hear, you hear me talk about my son a lot because of his love for Harleys and his guitar playing, and we play a song of his every day here on the show, and on Friday we play a little bit longer version of a different song of his. And so you may be uh, well aware of Justin, who passed away in 2014. His sister, uh, Rebecca, passed away in 2009. She was taken from us way too soon. She would have been 35 today. My birthday was yesterday. Her birthday was on the 4th, which was a stroke of genius by Nancy's doctor back then. She was actually due on the 3rd, and he said, no, we're not going to do that. And he was absolutely right about that. She would have been 35 today. She was taken away way too soon, and I think that that's what caused the grief that it actually cost us our son later in life as well. So, Beck, happy heavenly birthday, sweetheart. We are thinking about you. And we'll see you someday soon, I promise. Okay, I want to talk about Hess Fitness products. If you want to get into the best shape, of your life. Hess Fitness products will help you do that. If you want to look better and feel better and do more, then take yourself right over to Hess Fitness products and see my friends there. They've got all the great workout machines that you can imagine, ellipticals and treadmills and bikes and free weights and weight machines and so much more. But sometimes it can be intimidating going into a place like that and looking around because you have no idea. You just see these machines. You're like, what do I do with this thing? What is this thing going to do to me? Well, that's why the experts at Hest are here. They are consultants to talk with you about what your fitness goals are, what your health is like, what your limitations are, and then matching you with the right piece of equipment to achieve those goals. They've been doing this since 1981. Nobody has more experience, and at Hest, you always get the best price guarantee. I love these folks. This is where I buy my stuff, and I hope you will too. Look better and feel better and do more. Hest Fitness Products, 281 in Thousand Oaks. Boo. I'm your 